This podcast is produced on the ancestral homeland of the Nooksack and Lummi people. They have been its stewards since time immemorial, respecting the land, river, and ocean with the understanding that everything is connected, related, and alive. We acknowledge the elders and their collective and individual plights and achievements. We consider the legacies of violence, displacement, migration, and settlement that bring us together today. And we pursue ongoing action to build lasting relationships and grow together so that all may prosper. WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System, and today... Today we have a special guest in the studio as we introduce a special episode. My boss Mary is here, of course. Hi, Neil, and I love that we have a studio. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I needed a word for where we are. No one knows where where we we record in a secret (laughs) off-site place. So, Mary, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes, I would love to. Um, Today, we are really fortunate to have Anne McAllen with us. And Anne is the Adult Programming Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And she also serves as the mastermind of Whatcom Reads or the co-chair or the the guiding light or the, we'll come up with all kinds of titles for her, but we're really thrilled to have Anne here with us today. Um, And today's program is all about Whatcom Reads because this year is the what anniversary? It's the 15th anniversary. 15th anniversary of the start of the program. We have several guests today who were influential in the beginning and the continuation of Whatcom Reads. Neil, you talked to Linda Lambert, who with Jonah Roldy was one of the founders of Whatcom Reads 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Chuck and Dee Robinson, the founders of Village Books. Paul Hansen, one of the current owners of Village Books. Christine Perkins, who is the executive director of the Whatcom County Library System and was formerly at the Bellingham Public Library and has years of experience with the program. So stay tuned for all those interviews. But now, so we have all those special guests to look forward to, but um, a great way to start the interview today is to talk to Anne because Anne really has been leading the the charge for Whatcom Reads for the past how many years now, Anne? Uh, Let's see, 2015. Okay. So from 2015, and tell us a little bit about what you do for Whatcom Reads or with Whatcom Reads. Well, um, I I work with the steering committee mostly. Mm-hmm. So the steering committee has members from all uh, the academic and public libraries in Whatcom County, as well as Village Books. So we meet throughout the year and I uh, try to just run those meetings or organize them so that we talk about programming and publicity and there's book selection committee, there's Whatcom Rights Committee. So we just kind of work with all the different aspects of Whatcom Reads. Um, we meet and then as it gets closer to the author, throughout the year, we're doing author interactions with their agents or themselves and talking about programming that will do lead up programming to the themes in Whatcom Reads. And then the, it culminates in with the author's visit in early March, usually. So then there's a lot of details around all that. Yeah, it's a very detailed thing. So it's been 15 years. 
And I was thinking, oh, I'll ask Anne 15 questions, but we don't have that kind of time. So I have five questions for you. <laughs> five questions. Um, why does Wacom Reads matter? I mean, why do we do it? Why do you love it? What, what do you think it is about Wacom Reads that has made it um, be successful for 15 years? I think it's just a, it's, it's so great to come together as a community and read one book together and discuss this one book. And every book has been so different. Mm -hmm. So we try to each year pick something that'll have lots of themes that people, people get excited about the lead up programs as well as the author. And I think you'll, you'll just see communities coming together, book clubs talking about it. And then we get to have different presenters. Village Books does a lot. So I think it just brings the whole community together for this great literary event. What makes a good pick? Oh, um, well, I think a book that has lots of room for discussion. Yeah, sure. What's an example? Like when you think back over the years you've been involved. Uh, well, I think last year's book was interesting, Greenwood. Mm -hmm. um, it had a lot of things about futuristic climate change, as well as environmental issues. We had stuff with mushrooms, and we could do a lot of programming with that. And then the author himself, Michael Christie, was just so engaging. And so we had lots of great community discussions with him here. So I think it was a really good, um, it, many, there, every year there's a different, I think what, that's what's fun about it, is that every year there's such a different topic. So my first year was Boys in the Boat. Yeah. 2015. And that was a huge year. I mean, I think we had such, such a response. Daniel James community. Brown. Yeah, yeah. That was a really popular book. And one of his, one of the boys was a Whatcom County boy. Mm -hmm. So that brought in a lot of people from all over rural Whatcom County. Yeah. So yeah, I look through and I always think each year was a little different. And, you know, Ruth Ozeki, there was the Buddhist um, connection because she works with that religion. I think she's a priest, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we had some events at the Buddhist hall. And then what's a favorite memory when you think back on, especially as you're sitting there scrolling through and looking at all those books and the authors? Do you have a, is there a favorite good memory? Yeah, I know. I think each one was so special. I was, I was thinking about it just the other morning of how I was remembering each author's visit, how for like the big burn, um, Timothy Egan, uh, he did two events for us only because he- oh, He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. Yeah. But we had one at the, uh, at the Deming High School mm -hmm. and there was a big snowstorm that morning. So it was just kind of like last minute, who's going to actually make it? Is the school going to be open? Um, who's going to come in this snowstorm to hear Timothy Egan? And we had a big crowd and we had donuts and oh, yeah. the high school came and- he was a wonderful presenter. Keep that in mind, Tim Egan and Donuts. Yeah. Guaranteed a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Washington Black was a really special year too, yeah. even though it had to be virtual. She That was an amazing lineup of programs. And Essie Edgigan was so such a great presenter. Yeah. So I will just mention that this is <laughs> Anne's last walk and reads because she is retiring and moving on. And so... And as you're stepping back from Walk and Reads and from, you know, your your role here at WCLS, what do you hope for Walk and Reads in the future? Well, I just hope it continues and it will, because I know with all of you and all of the people involved, it will it will continue to thrive. I feel like it just keeps getting better and more exciting each year. And uh the programming just seems to grow and be more interesting. And I I just want to just keep seeing each year who's the new book what's the new book who's the new author 
who's coming, what are the programs. I know that they'll be announcing the book for 2024 at uh, the Mount Baker Theater mm-hmm. event this year. And let me tell you, folks, it's going to be a great one. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to attending all the programs and seeing next year, each year's author. Yeah. We'll see you in the audience, right? Yeah. Is there anything more that you wanted to say or comment on? I think it's well, one thing I noticed over these over these years um, is that I always think everyone knows about Whatcom Reads because it's so widespread through the county. But every year through the connections that we make through the, our partnering organizations and whatever themes are in the book, more people learn about Whatcom Reads and then they, they're in tune with it for the next year's book. So I feel like it's an ever-growing community of readers for our programs. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thank you, Anne. And because it is your final year with Whatcom Reads, I just want to, on behalf of everyone, say thank you for all the wonderful ideas you've brought to Whatcom Reads, all the terrific partners you found for us, and really just truly fascinating community programs that led up to each author event. And of course, Anne is one of many people who have contributed to the Walk and Read story over its 15-year history. Uh, we want to acknowledge all of the partners who make Walk and Reads possible. That's Bellingham Public Library, the Whatcom County Library System, and the academic libraries at Western Washington University, Bellingham Technical College, Northwest Indian College, and Whatcom Community College. And of course, to our community partner, Village Books. And today on our podcast, you're going to hear from a few of the people who have made Whatcom Reads possible. I'm talking with Linda Lambert about Whatcom Reads. Now, Linda, you were involved in Whatcom Reads from the very beginning. Why don't you tell me uh, how the program got started? Oh, I'd love to talk about Whatcom Reads because it's one of my one of the favorite things I got to participate in when I was uh, director of the library at Whatcom Community College. You know, the program really originated with. Um, Nancy Pearl in Seattle, probably everybody knows that, that she was with the, with the Washington Center for the Book, the executive director there. And she had gotten a grant of about, I think it was $180,000 from uh, <laughs> the Reader's Digest Fund. And she started with uh, Russell Banks' book, The Sweet Hereafter. And she called this, If Everyone Read the Same Book in Seattle. So when the uh, the Washington State Library put out some grants. Uh, it was supposed to be for a similar program. The grants were for $7,000. I don't know what the budget is these days, but $7,000 meant we had to be fairly prudent and, and get a lot of free participation. So we did. we all did manage to do that. When the grants first came out, I was really feeling swamped in my in my job, and I had pretty much decided I didn't have time to do this. But Jane Bloom from Bellingham Technical College called me and said, hey, are you going to apply for this grant? And for some reason, I just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I just said yes. And so there were several of us applied. So I applied in in uh, concert with Joan Aroldi at Whatcom County Library System. 
And Jane Bloom applied uh, in partnership with um, Bellingham Public Library. And then we both had a community partner, and that was Village Books. We could not have done this program without Village Books. You and Joan Aroli turned in one application. Yes. And Jane Bloom and LAM Public Library turned in a separate application. Yes. Okay. And and both of you called on Village Books as a as a helper there too. Yeah, more more than a helper because uh, Chuck and Dee and their whole staff, but Chuck and Dee in particular had connections with with authors and with people in the community, and they were just instrumental. They made the contacts initially with, with, with the authors. Hey, would you, like to come to, uh, would you like to come to Whatcom County and do a program for us? We worked really hard to get it all put together, and there was uh, a lot of programming involved. I think Sherman Alexi, who was our first author, did 10 programs, and he went all over the county. I think that he may have done, uh, gone to a correction institution, juvenile detention, and talked with kids there. I'm, I'm pretty uh. sure he did that. And I know he went out to the county libraries. He did two performances at the community college for his major performances. I say performance, but anyway, his appearances. And they were attended by somewhere between four and 600 people each. In, wow. in the in the gym, I wish I had a list of those programs. I'd I'd have to, I couldn't find them in my files, but mm. it was all over the place. And so so was um, Jim Lynch. Jim Lynch was very generous in in the time that he spent. So this was fifteen years ago that you you wrote the grant and got the money and started it. Were you envisioning this lasting for fifteen years? I think. We were so excited about the initial program that there was an assumption that it would continue. We were not sure how it would continue because, of course, the grants would go away, so we would have to find different funding. So I don't think you'd have to talk to other people. I didn't think about 15, 20, 30 years. I just thought it would go on probably in perpetuity <laughs> because it was so exciting. And especially after the first program, the, the participation was, was marvelous with all kinds of groups buying into it. So what was your goal? I mean, what, what was your hope for this program? We wanted to get everybody reading the same book and talk about it from whatever perspective they were interested in. And, and I guess a side, a side participation would be to promote libraries and get people to use libraries more. But that wasn't the focus. It was to have a good conversation, probably from disparate groups coming at the book from different angles. And I really feel like that was um, accomplished. One thing we did have, though, was we gave away a lot of free books in those first years. We would leave them on bus stops or in restrooms or um, we just gave them away. Yeah, we, do, we still do. Um, we call them catch and release. Yes. Catch or or and release. read and release. Read and release, I think, is what we're calling them. But like the fishing metaphor. And I do know that um, several years ago, I received uh, an email from someone in Texas who had found one of the uh, 
the first book, the absolutely true story of a part-time Indian um, in, in Texas with a Watcom Reed sticker on it and what, and it was, so that was like 10 years after, after the first presentation. I, I love that. That's just a, a major, a major coup, I think, to have books floating out all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, he, they wanted to know if, if they should return <laughs> it. And we said, no, no, pass it on to someone, read it and pass it on. Yeah, catch and release. But back then, I want to imagine that you all were flying by the seat of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't. I mean, I was noticing that you have a program called Vaudeville and Vice in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And there's so much you can do with, with, this, with this current book. And I don't think that, that our ideas were as, well, we, we didn't know it was going to take off so much. So we didn't do quite as much programming. What we did was try and get the book out to everyone. And I think the programming part developed by the groups that we were trying to talk to, like uh, going out to high school students, for example. We were sitting around trying to figure out what kinds of programming we should have, but not so much because we just wanted to get the events Mm. successfully attended. I love the programming that went... went along with Michael Christie's, uh, especially the, there was the guy who makes violins and, and other mm. instruments in town. That was, that was yes. fantastic. Even my son, who's not a big reader, was really interested in that. We caught Cheryl Strayed right before she became really, really popular. Yes. And, and her, her book was about to become a movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I, that was another of the um, ones that stick out in my head. I got to meet Cheryl Strayed and, and she signed my books and called me handsome, <laughs> which was, you know, a bonus. I wasn't fishing for compliments, but. <laughs> I have a pair of, I don't have them on now, but book earrings and oh, she yeah. signed them. Oh, wow. So what a generous you know, I find that a lot of the Whatcom Reads authors that we bring in have been very generous. Very with generous. Their, with their time. Ao and Ivy um, actually sat and let me interview her for the podcast. It was in 2020. And just after she left, uh, the pandemic forced all the libraries to shut down and an idea like a podcast just wasn't going to happen at that time. <laughs> but she was my first uh, author interview. Oh, I will have to go back and listen to that. Well, it isn't up yet because oh. we started fresh, but I will. Um, we have been talking about digging that interview up and seeing what we could mine. I was I was uh, pretty inexperienced as an interviewer at that time. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not really looking forward to listening to it, but there it may be that Eowyn was so charming and funny and, and intelligent that she, she rose above my uh, humble attempts at interviewing. I, I really miss being involved um, in, the, in the process. I, I remember um, many times when we would meet and sit around at one of the Western professors' house on the floor having clam chowder or some kind of homemade soup and we'd have stacks of books which we had read and then we would choose the book oh wow 
And that was just, just uh, kind of a grassroots kind of yeah sharing style. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that I, I have really enjoyed as someone who tries to be a writer is the craft sessions. And many of those were held up at Western. And the, the uh, craft of writing. The craft of writing. And uh, I know there's one scheduled for this time, too. I think it's at Village Books yes. that I was going to sign up for. And I think that anyone who I, I'm in two book clubs and I always encourage, even if somebody doesn't particularly like the book, I always encourage them to look and see what the programming is because there's there are unexpected things that a person might might like. Right. And yeah, the craft of writing is is a really good example because even if you you didn't pick up on the book as one of your favorites, you know, the opportunity to talk to a published, popular, successful writer um, in a small group situation about writing. I mean, that's that's hugely valuable to any writer. Mm -hmm. When Michael Christie spoke, uh, we took a member of our book club with us to hear him. And she is someone who uh, makes copious notes. And she had all these sheets of paper that that were about f as tall as she was, five feet with notes on his mm. book. And we took it up to him and he signed it and was just a little bit amazed at oh, how wow. much study she had done. So she's, wow. she's not a writer. She's just an enthusiastic reader. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. And that can't help but, you know, flatter an author to see that. Yeah. I'm so glad you're willing to kind of share your experience with Whatcom Reads. Yeah, it was it was wonderful to be a, a part of it, and uh, I'm I'm glad for your for your presence and keep it going. And I hope to see you soon. Oh, I'm here with Chuck and D. Robinson, and Chuck and D. You are well known in Whatcom County as uh, the. I don't even know how to say it. I mean, I want to say pioneers in the bookselling business. You started Village Books in 1980. Is that right? Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the year I moved up in 1979. So, so okay. I've not really known Bellingham and Fairhaven and Whatcom County without without a Village Books presence. You two retired from the bookselling business about five years ago. Yes, it was actually six in January. So six years six ago, years, January. six years January first is when uh, the current owners, uh, Paul and Kelly and Sarah, took over. They had been with the store before that, and part of our our management team, part of our leadership team at the store. And and they've done a, a fantastic job. And the Whatcom County Library Systems partnership with them is is strong and that's one of your legacies i would say is is that great relationship we the library system has with with the bookstore well it's one we certainly value a lot when we were when we were looking for where we wanted to live and put a bookstore one of the things we looked at was the library usage and 
we would not have opened a bookstore in Bellingham had there not been good library usage because we knew that those were the same, we have the same customers. It's the, it's the same people, it's the readers. And right. we knew that Bellingham had good readership. So that was important to us. And it, yeah. it would be hard for us to walk into any library in Whatcom County and not run into somebody we know, <laughs> including, including the librarians. I've got to tell you that librarians in Bellingham, in the Whatcom County are, were some of our best customers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I want to ask you two things. I want to ask what your involvement has been or how it started. And I want to ask why. Well, first of all, um, I know you've talked with Linda Lambert. And Linda, I believe, was the person who wrote the original grant to be able to uh, start uh, Wacom Reads. And it was it was inspired by the fact that uh, Seattle had really kicked this off all across the country. Uh, our friend Nancy Pearl, had, who uh, you know is librarian extraordinaire, of course, uh, who actually began as a bookseller, by the way, with a with a friend of ours in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Nancy had kicked this off and with other people in Seattle, and the, the idea was, and it had spread across the country. Linda had the idea to begin it here and thought it should start with the libraries, of course, because she was a librarian. Um, but she came to us immediately and asked us to be the community partner. And, and I just got to say the difference for us, um, very often in the time we were, we were running the store, we would provide books for events. And that was really the extent of the partnership. I mean, we would sell books at an event. But that wasn't the nature of this partnership at all. This partnership, we were fully engaged partners in this. So we were, we were in uh, at all of the, the meetings of the committees that made the decisions about the books. I think a number of the early uh, authors that came in the first, first few years were ones that we were able to make the contacts with because we had a lot of contacts within the within the publishing business and book selling business and with a lot of authors. And so it was, uh, you know, we were treated as a full partner in this from the very beginning. And that was, that was what was really important to us. I mean, and um, it just, it just seemed to have worked very well. Do you have some memories of like the, of the first year with uh, Sherman Alexi? Oh, I, re- I remember, um, it feels like we worked Sherman to death. <laughs> we, he did more events, I think, oh, than any of the so. authors who have come since. Yeah. Um, classes, and I think he went to the jail and he, he did, and talked sure. with the, uh, some of the prisoners there. They had a writing. Well, the yeah, youth. Youth, the, yeah, yeah. 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 And he went to campus at Western and did an event. Um, I don't know how many like book groups and other big public events he did. He was working his tail off. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were so grateful. It really got the, con- the the whole concept off to a good start because so many people were involved. Yeah, it yeah. was a great start. I think, I think you're right. I think that engaged so many people that it was really a great kickoff. And, and, after that, we realized that we probably couldn't ask every author to do that much. You know, it was really not for the little uh, stipend. Not for the, oh, we I mean, we were, not, we were not offering a huge stipend to 
to authors to come. And many of these people were people who could have gone to someplace and, and, and received quite a bit more than yes. we were able to pay. For, for quite a bit less work. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. And some, some authors really did constrain what they would do, and, and understandably. I mean, they, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of energy that anyone has, and they were also probably in the midst of writing books and doing other kinds of appearances. So, but I think in every case that, that I remember, people were pretty engaged and were willing to do uh, several different things usually. Yes. Do you have any kind of anyone who really stands out as someone who's, who just really surprised you as an, as an author? Uh, maybe one of the surprising ones was Tim, Tim Egan. Mm. So Tim, um, Tim had always been uh, a little reluctant to do a lot of events. I mean, he was pretty, I mean, he's a busy man. <laughs> he was sort of, yeah. he not only was writing books, but, you know, and working for the New York Times. And and um, he'd been a little guarded about his time, but I think he really did engage. We I remember very well the event we went to at Mount Baker High School. Uh, he really engaged with those kids there, that particularly. I mean, there were adults there as well, but he, it was really, um, it was really heartening to see the way that he, uh, he, he really seemed emotionally attached to what he was doing, which was great. It wasn't just, he wasn't just coming and putting in his time. I remember when we invited David Gooderson, um, the book we wanted to do was Snow Falling on Cedars, which of course was his first novel. And I think this was 20 years, it was after, 20 years the, after, the after it had been published. And he, he said, you know, he was willing to come, but he was surprised that we wanted to do that older book. He said he, he'd written so many since then, he'd have to go back and he read it. He said he hadn't it. read it for years, so he needed to go back and it's true, yeah. That yeah. is one of the great things about about Whatcom Reads is we're not tied to the latest, right. you know, the, yeah. the brand new things. We'll, we'll yeah. dig deep if there's a reason yeah. to. Well, to, that had the, the real Northwest uh, connection with historical and um, it, it was just the perfect book for us to have all the programming around and the discussions right. that were ancillary to the novel. And that is one of the other things that I've loved about the program that that it has expanded so much to do related sort of events. Uh, so in the case of David Gooderson's book, you know, I remember events that were done that were about the uh, internment of the Japanese during during World War II. And, of course, that's sort of the basis of that novel. But, I mean, someone talking about it from a, a nonfiction point of view and, and bringing an educational sort of uh, sense to the whole thing as well beyond just the novel itself. So I'm, I'm assuming you've read... Uh... Uh, the latest um, Whatcom Reads title, The Cold Millions. We both just have. Yes. Yes. Um, Long before it was chosen. Yes, we, 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 wrote, we both read it before. <laughs> I that, really yeah. like Jess Walter's writing. I, I, I do too. I'm really, uh, I'm going through his new short story book right now. Oh. Nothing is a cookie cutter. I mean, his, his books are all so unique one from another. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're so different. I think one of the really fulfilling things for this, uh, this is very satisfying is how many people have come out for all of these events. I mean, not only the big ones that have happened at the Mount Baker Theater, but uh, we've been to uh, a couple in the Janssen Art Center in Linden. So uh, 
Ruth Ozeki. Ruth Ozeki did there. David Gooderson was there. Yeah, Dan Brown. Dan Brown was there for Boys and Code. Trying to remember who did the one at Blaine. We were up at Blaine at the at the school up there. So what's been great about it is it really has been a Whatcom County event. Well, that, it hasn't that was been. A, a, a goal of the committee to try to get uh, all of these events to be around the county and not not only centered in Bellingham. Right. Because it is a county-wide program. Right. Yeah. We did yeah. the thing out at... Um, Acme, or Van Zandt. Van Zandt. Or, yeah. With, Johnny was, Evison was there, I remember. Yeah. yeah. I did want to say... Why has this been important for you? Well, well, being in any kind of involvement we can have in the community is important to us, um, both business-wise it was and, and personally. Um, it just opened up um, meeting new people and getting involved with the, with the wider community. That's been a personal goal. Yeah. Well, and, and a store goal. I mean, the mission of the store has always been building community one book at a time. Mm. I mean, we've always thought of it as more than more than a mission. We were both we were both teachers at one time, and uh, we we've been asked more than once by people, "Why did you leave education?" And we tell people we never did um, that we just took a different route, you know. And so we were we were running a bookstore instead of standing in a classroom. It's just very satisfying to see community engaged that way to have the kind of conversations that happen uh, to really build build something that really is community. And certainly I, I think the importance of it has even grown as the community has grown in population. You know, events that bring people together in more than just watching something when there can be conversation about it and, and engagement with one another, I think is just incredibly important to, to the fabric of the community. Libraries certainly have that have that mission as well. I mean, it's a whole lot more than just having books. I mean, it's about it is about community and building community. Thank you, thank you, both of you, for just doing you know living that life of of community involvement and and providing so much for everybody in Bellingham since 1980. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, no, thank, thank you. you. It's, it's been, been it's been a great pleasure. run, and we've yes. we've really you know, it's hard to imagine a better life. Hi, I'm Paul Hanson, co-owner and steward of Village Books and Paper Dreams in Fairhaven and in Linden. Hi, Paul. It's good to see you. I wanted to ask you what what the role of Village Books is in. Whatcom Reads. This started in 2009 with uh, some great librarians, including uh, Linda Lambert and Joan Aroldi. And they, um, if you ask them, they would have said uh, their first thought was partnering up with Village Books because uh, we're also a, a hub of all things literary and all things books in Bellingham. So um, the partnership between them and Chuck and Dee uh, getting this started back in 2009 with uh, Sherman Alexi as the first author was kind of the kickoff for it. And we've been flourishing and growing and thriving ever since. And the community has been uh, joining us on that journey, which is great. Part of, of the role of Village Books and the role of you yourself is that you're the person who connects with the authors and arranges the agreement to bring them here. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah, that is that, that's one of the roles that we've got here. The uh, that Village Books has uh, because of the the connections that Village Books has with authors uh, across the country. Um, that it's been a natural fit for us to be able to negotiate with them and, and extend the invitation. Um, oftentimes because we've already done things with them. So we say, mm-hmm. Hey, would you like to come back to Bellingham for this great event? And they say, sure, we'd love to. And, uh, so yeah, we, uh, we, we extend those invitations to the authors and they're sometimes, uh, sometimes it's direct and we, we do it over dinner. And sometimes it's, uh, we have to go through a publicist and we haven't ever actually met them before, but boy, once, uh, once we do, then we're fast friends. But it's not just you at the, at the bookstore that's that's involved here. I mean, it kind of takes it takes a village books to kind of help us, right? Who else is involved? Well, uh, we we have a one of our core belief statements in the in the store is, uh, and it sounds trite, but we uh, march to it. Is uh, two heads are better than one, and three heads are better than two. Uh, I extend that to uh, four heads or for slapping when you come up with a when you hear a great idea you hadn't thought of before. <laughs> I'm writing that one down. I'm going to use it. <laughs> uh, Clara McElroy is our events coordinator, and she does a whole lot of uh, work with uh, some of the events that we have, and she works with Walker and Reads as well. Um, uh, Kelly Everett has been on the uh, the uh, selection committee before, and on the the core team, the um, the steering committee for. Uh, just where we go and what we do and picking the authors. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole store is involved in some way. Mm, yes. the list. And, and We've got about 50 employees, so <laughs> they yeah. all do something. <laughs> and there's, and if we go down to village books, we always see the displays for, for gold millions and just, just as book. Yeah. And if you check my, uh, my pick shelf, we all have uh, each of our staff have different uh, books that we recommend. If you check my pick shelf, it's full of all of the Walker breeds books. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. One of the other things that uh, Village Books does is uh, sponsors and produces uh, the Chuckanut Radio Hour, which is a, a very unique um, uh, piece of of Whatcom County community here. So it's a it's a radio show. Yeah. Um, so last year you had um, author Michael Christie on on. The Chuckanut Radio Hour. How did yeah. that go? Michael Christie was. Uh, we we had a, a sellout crowd up at Bellwood Farms, and mm-hmm. uh, Michael Christie was written into the show. Uh, we have an ongoing uh, comedy drama, not really a drama. It's just all comedy of um, called As the Ham Turns, and Michael Christie was written into it. And he played a Canadian, and he is Canadian, and he was discussing the fine art of curling and uh explaining <laughs> the rules and he just um if you'll pardon the pun he really hammed it up and he did such a good job and we, we talked to him about it later and he said yeah i've got some acting experience eh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, kind of he was he, he was a great uh person to fit into that radio show which if if our audience hasn't heard it uh it's it's corny and I don't think you'll mind my saying that. And and we have a lot of ingredients. We have corn. We have cheese. Um, a lot of cheese there. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you milk the jokes for yes. <laughs> for what they're worth. Yeah. It's. Uh, I feel like it's a kind of a homegrown, hometown, funny, corny radio show with uh, national caliber to it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And so you know, Village Books does so much in the community. Um, and that's that's part of why 
you're such a good partner for Whatcom Reads is because you, is because the bookstore is known for being a, a cornerstone of the community, really. Can we talk a little about the relationship between independent bookstores and libraries? I mean, how did how do they complement each other? Are they both needed? Is what is? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yes, they're both needed. <laughs> I think a community without a library and an independent bookstore in it is like a body without a soul. It's the same kind of thing. Um, there are uh, glorious partnerships all across the country between independent bookstores and uh, the the local library system. I can't imagine not having a strong partnership with your local library, and I, I'm, I'm sure vice versa. What do you see as the future of Whatcom Reads? If there's any organization that, uh, I guess, embodies the spirit of yes and, it's Village Books and the Whatcom County Library System. Every book that comes in our door, we are um, immediately thinking about, oh gosh, what succeeded in the past, which is great. But then we also think, what can we do different with this? Who haven't we talked to already to involve in Markham Reads to expand this community and get them involved with the books even more? So um, the the possibilities and the plans for the future of Markham Reads are, uh, to my mind, endless. We, we just keep um, looking for new possibilities and opportunities. I'm really excited about Jess Walter uh, coming to Whatcom County for this. We have, uh, and I have been honestly trying to get him to Whatcom County for not just this, but a lot of things for many years. And um, I think he's just been writing a lot. So yeah. he hasn't been touring nearly as much as he used to back in the day, but um, he's beloved in the in the writing community, in the Northwest writing community. And um, personally, I, we just love his books. So we're, we're just really excited for Jess to be able to come on behalf of Cold Millions uh, to hear about this book, but I hope we talk about a lot of his books because his whole yeah. backlist and uh, other books are just really, really lovely. Hi, I'm Christine Perkins. I'm executive director of the Whatcom County Library System. I've been involved in the Whatcom Reads project since the very beginning. And at the time, way back when, I was the assistant director of the Bellingham Public Library. The project actually started with the Whatcom County Library System Director, Joan Aroldi, uh, partnering with Linda Lambert from Whatcom Community College on a grant uh, from the Washington State Library for creating a, a one-read project here in Whatcom County. And they very quickly brought on other community partners, the other libraries in Whatcom County. So the Bellingham Public Library director at the time, Pam Kiesner, assigned me to be on the Whatcom Reads team, and I gladly accepted. I really uh, relished the opportunity to be part of that, to connect with all the other libraries and village books, and really focus on books and reading and conversation. We're talking about uh, the idea that everyone in the community reads the same book and then talks about it. And this was a concept that Nancy Pearl first originated back at the Washington Center for the Book when she worked there. And she had this idea, what if everyone in Seattle read the same book? I think that was the name of the program. <laughs> yes. And um, catchy. It's catchy, but you know what? It, it, it's effective. It explains what it is. Yes. And people really quickly understood it. And certainly librarians around the state immediately recognized it as a great idea and wanted to emulate it. So we did. So you did. And now it's 15 years later. Yes. And Whatcom Reads has brought 15 books to the community. Yes. 
I won't make you name them all in order. <laughs> I, I could probably pull you it off, but it might take a while. <laughs> well, so your the Whatcom Reads Committee right. has selected these books every year. Yep. What what kind of themes are there? What are the common threads between the books? You know, we have this conversation every year. What are the criteria for selecting a book? And we we go back and forth, but some common elements have been that there's some kind of a Northwest connection to the book. Either the book itself is set in the Northwest. We have a very loose definition of what the Northwest <laughs> entails or the author lives in the Northwest, used to live in the Northwest, was born in the Northwest, something about that, or that there's a theme that's particularly relevant to the Northwest, regardless of where it actually is said or who actually wrote it. Um, so that's a, a very strong one. We're always looking for books that are um, juicy, that you can sink your teeth into and discuss, have something discussable. has to be written by a living author because we want someone who can come and talk about their book here in Whatcom County. And they have to be a great speaker. We don't want a shy, um, reserved author, very dry, who won't come yeah. <laughs> and talk with us here in Whatcom County because having the conversation is a real big part of the programming. Having us having someone who is a good speaker just kind of reinforces and brings people to the table. Oh, completely. Yeah, and there yeah. are times where uh, people have told me that they've come to the keynote author event because they read the book. They've always participated in Whatcom Reads, but they weren't super excited about the book. But then you hear the author talk about it and all of a sudden it clicks. Mm. It comes alive. Uh, you just get such a rich understanding of it and appreciation for it. And hearing the audience questions about the book also makes you realize how the book connected with other people. And it just really makes for a rich experience. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Christie comes to mind as last year's uh, presenter who was just so dynamic with a mic in front of him. Right. And also so cool, yeah. right? Pro skateboarder. <laughs> yes. You don't get that crossed with literary author at, in the same breath a not, lot of the time. Not often. So Michael Christie, of course, was was the latest. Have you felt an evolution over the years? I think how it has evolved is in some of the supplementary programming that we do for Whatcom Reads, meaning um, both the events that we use to tie into the theme have really varied over the years based on the themes of the books and the opportunities that presented themselves at the time. Uh, and some of the tie-in events that we offer, um, we started the Whatcom Reads Art challenge several years ago in partnership mm -hmm. with Allied Arts and gave community members the opportunity to read the book and then create their own original works of art based on the themes of the book. And that has evolved over time. At the very beginning, it was a quilt show and people created quilts based on uh, themes in Wild, the book by Cheryl Strayed. That was amazing. And some of the quilts were just amazingly gorgeous. And we actually purchased one of them and gave them to Cheryl as a thank you gift for being part of that program. Um, but now um, people are creating works of art and multimedia and there's sculpture and there's painting and there's drawing and there's uh, manga, you know, cartoons and, and other things um, all celebrating 
the work and it's just phenomenal to see the author interacting with artists who were inspired by the author's writing to create their own art. It just goes into this whole full circle uh, experience and that's pretty special and that's something that has evolved over time. Some years we've done um, some fun things. Again, in the the season we did wild uh, mallard ice cream, created a wild ice cream flavor. Like, that's so cool. Uh, One year we were able to partner with Bellingham Cocktail Week and they had signature cocktails. I think that was the year we did the big burn with Timothy Egan. Yes, it was. And there were smoky flavored cocktails uh, going there. There was even a glass of water because... um, Theodore Roosevelt was a teetotaler. He didn't drink. So anyway, there's, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. And I think those things have evolved. The Whatcom Rights program uh, just keeps getting stronger and stronger. More people present submissions to it. And we have been able to work with authors, our featured authors, um, to write um, introductions to the Wacom Rights Anthology each year, which is an added bonus for all of our local authors who are submitting works to that piece to know that they are published um, alongside yeah. someone who is uh, nationally known. Amazing. And that's in a book that uh, Village Books produces. Is that right? Yep. They have an in-house uh, printing arm yeah. of their business and they print out uh, those copies of the Wacom Rights Anthology and our libraries purchase them and we have them available for checkout in our collection and people can purchase them for their own collections at Village Books. So over the years, you know, we've had, you know, a variety of authors. Um, are, do you have any, do you have any, this is where I ask if you have any any stories, any... Oh, yes. There are so many great stories. I'm sure there's some stories you can't tell. Yeah, some <laughs> that I I might not. We we um, have had some really great events with, with the authors, and they're just human and wonderful and delightful mm. to be around. Um, one that I love involves Tobias Wolf. Um, you know, mm. he is... Very well known for not only the book Old School that we featured for Wacom Reads, but also some short stories that he wrote. He's he's considered, you know, one of the top living short story writers in the U.S. right now. And um, he did a talk at Western Washington University. And then later that evening at Mount Baker Theater, there was a person in the audience who was just beside himself wanting to ask Tobias a question. And he jumped up and ran to the microphone. And as he was going to the microphone, he starts taking his shirt off. (laughs) And all of us are looking at this guy thinking, what is he doing? I think I recognize him from Western earlier today. Who is he? Well, he was showing Tobias a tattoo that he had tattooed on his back and it was a quotation from one of Tobias's short stories and it was his uh it was I think the last line of this short story and the the quote was they is they is they is <laughs> and that is like permanently tattooed on his body and uh-huh. Tobias Wolf was just speechless like what do you say <laughs> to somebody uh when they're showing you this thing and especially because of that you know the quote taken out of contest means nothing to anybody sure. and is kind of bizarre and i think i got the impression from uh Tobias that 
that wouldn't have been the thing of his that he would have put on his body permanently. (laughs) Well, it must have meant something to that guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, know, these authors, they, you know, they're just regular people like us, right? But they they can have such huge influence. Right. You feel when you're reading their work that they see you. Yeah, yeah. Even though they're on the other side of a, a screen somewhere far away, they're writing something down and you get it and you connect with them mm-hmm. when you're reading their work. Yeah. I have to share this story. I don't know how you're going to fit it in. Okay. But uh, the year we had David Gooderson come talk for Snow Falling on Cedars, I helped put together a panel discussion at the Bellingham Public Library that I think was my favorite of all the events that I've helped uh, organize through the past 15 years. And it was a panel discussion related to Japanese internment. We had um, a woman who herself was a child and interned in a camp in California. We had a woman uh, who uh, whose father was the superintendent of a camp and taught at a school on, in the camp. So she grew up uh, as a white person um, there in a camp. So that was interesting. We had a woman whose father was a conscientious objector to the war. He was Japanese, but refused Japanese American, but refused to fight in World War II. And so he was sent to a special camp uh, just for those people. And there was another person whose father had um, actually fought in a regiment of Japanese American people over in. Um, World War II. And all of these people just shared their experiences about this time period in history and were so open and vulnerable and, um, I guess, generous in sharing their experiences with everyone. The audience questions were incredible. And, um, I just felt like this was a chance to really try to understand history. And the book had given us this opportunity to convene these people together and learn about this in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do any other way. Wow. Wow. How, you know, how important that is to give people that opportunity to share those stories. Right. It made it real. Yeah. You know, the book is fiction. Okay, you can read about it. It's a little bit at a distance. And then you realized in talking to these people, it was 100% real. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's that's powerful. And I think that's part of the answer to the next question, which is why is Whatcom Reads important? Why is it important to this community? Many of us in Whatcom County who love to read, and there are many, many readers in Whatcom County, are part of book clubs. We like to talk about books. We like to talk about the writing style. We like to dig into the themes and all of that, which is great. But usually our book clubs are people that we know, that we're already friends with. They're our circle. They're our bubble. So you're hearing often the same opinions over and over again. Mm. Um, you often agree with one another. And sometimes your discussions aren't that rich because you all agree. Everyone agrees on everything. I think one of the the great values of Wacom Reads is it brings people from all different um, 
backgrounds, ideologies, philosophies, whatever, together to examine the same thing. So you have the shared experience of reading this book, shared topics and learning together, but you then can share your ideas with one another and you might not have connected with these people otherwise. I think that's amazing. I also think that the supplementary program that programming that we offer as part of Wacom Reads just helps you dig into things a little bit more than you would have um, on your own. Usually you read, you put it down, you move on to the next thing. But with Wacom Reads, you spend a little more time digging into certain topics. For example, right now with the Cold Millions, we've had just a variety of great programs related to the international workers of the world, the Wobblies, Mm -hmm. and learning more about that labor movement. Super important nationally, internationally, frankly, but also really key in Washington state history. learning more about vaudeville in in Washington state. And I mean, that's a trip, right? There's some interesting things about that. And right here in Bellingham, we have the Good Time Girls. They know a lot about local history and that whole scene. And they're sharing that um, more broadly with people across Whatcom County, which is great. Yeah. So all those supplementary programs just really enrich the reading experience, um, plus the opportunity to, to talk with one another about it. And then to to listen to the author and be able to interact with him, yes, and and bring your stories, you know, if you if you're part of the a question and answer mm-hmm. period, you can talk directly to the author about oh, your completely. story. I've uh, Sunil Yappa was speaking at the Ferndale Library a few years ago, and there were some ins- aspiring young people who they were. Aspiring writers happened to be young people and they came to talk to him and he was just so uh, refreshing and real in talking with them about his path to writing and what he was working on and how he was doing it and interested in their work that, you know, you just don't get that opportunity every day and we bring it we bring it to um, some of the smaller branches of our libraries in Whatcom County Library System we bring it to some of the schools Daniel James Brown did a great presentation about Boys in the Boat out at the Mount Baker High School one of the people that he writes about in the Boys in the Boat actually went to the Mount Baker High School so I mean it really makes that connection for people like you too could become an Olympian uh, you know, getting a gold medal in international rowing competition. All right. My final question for you. What's the future hold for Watcom Reads? That's a great question. I mean, I think more great books, great authors, great conversations, and more creativity. I think each time we... Um, have some new members on the committee. They bring fresh ideas. I do. I'm the old timer, <laughs> one of the old timers on the committee. Still, uh, Valerie Macbeth was there from the beginning as well from Northwest Indian College. Um, but we do mix it up, and I think that each new book gives us new opportunities to connect with people in different ways. So, um, the books themselves and the, and the authors really keep things fresh each time. All right. Well, thank you, Christine. Yeah. Thank you, Neil. 
I want to thank our guests today, Anne McAllen, Linda Lambert, Chuck Robinson and Dee Robinson, Paul Hansen, and Christine Perkins. Find out more about Whatcom Reads in this year's book, The Cold Millions, at whatcomreads.org. And be sure to attend the events and author visits going on through the first week of March. This is Neil McKay for the Whatcom County Library System. Take care, friends. <laughs>